Hey, welcome back to the Football Die podcast. Wow, wow, wow. That's all I can say. The World Cup final has happened and it was an absolutely breathless occasion. The game, obviously, as you know, you've all seen it, finished 3-0, 4-2 on penalties to Argentina, who are now the world champions. A game that had literally everything. It was an insane contest between two sides that really wanted it bad. Argentina came out on top and I've got Miles here to discuss just how good that game was with me. Mate, try and sum up your reaction to that game before we talk about the detail, because it's been touted as like one of the best football games in, in history. Definitely one of the best World Cup finals in history. How did you see it, man? For the way that it went down, it was the best game I've ever watched. And that's wow. including a, a very high scoring draw between Villa and Nottingham Forest in the championship a few seasons ago. <laughs> so that took some beating. Uh, and it's funny because it's one of the best games I've ever watched. And the first 70 minutes of it were pretty dull. Well, yeah. maybe not the first 70 minutes. There was a window between Argentina's second goal and France's first goal. That was pretty pretty poor. But, oh my word, like you can't ask for more in no. a final than what we got, really. There were some amazing individual performances. Both teams had moments where they looked like the, the team worthy of winning the whole tournament. Drama, Definitely. penalties. It was fantastic. Yeah, it was... A really good occasion, and it was just nice that it, the football is what we took away from it. It wasn't yeah. a silly refereeing decision or a red card or anything. We just enjoyed 120 minutes of really two great teams Wicked. going at each other. It was fantastic. It was, uh, well, the ref for the record was brilliant. I thought he let the mm. game flow really well. But it'll be remembered rightly as, as the contest between Lionel Messi and, and his swan song, it seems, for Argentina and Kylian Mbappe, who were both as we'd hoped, just tremendous, weren't they, in this game? Dragged their teams yeah. through, kept pulling punches when we thought they were out for the count. And it, it was a bit like a boxing match in the last round. It was a real slugfest and, and so entertaining to watch. But like you say, for the first, what, hour, 70 minutes, it was just all Argentina. So yeah. let's, let's try and discuss kind of what happened from an Argentina perspective. What were they doing that kind of put France on the back burner quite a lot? And what weren't France doing as well? Well, Argentina were pressing intensely and it just it just meant that every single time France got the ball, they gave it away really cheaply. A lot of their players looked incredibly leggy and obviously there's a lot of talk about this illness that was going around the French camp and who might have been affected and who that kind of... They rushed back for the final because that's the problem with tournament football when it comes around yeah. so quick. And France, let's not forget, have already been massively plagued by injuries. They couldn't afford to rest players who had, had had this illness. Now, you and I both know if you're ever ill, the last thing you want to do is then go run around nine units a few minutes late, a few days later. And this is the biggest game on in world football, so that was a hard occasion for France to get used to. And Argentina seemed to attack that. They had intensity that I've not seen Argentina have before. The way their yeah. midfield and their forward line pressed was incredible now obviously you're doing that with Messi who let's be honest for all of his amazing qualities and we saw most of them in this game he's not someone that presses high he's not there for his defensive attributes and Di Maria who's barely played this season for both of them mm. going forward were unstoppable Di Maria in particular my word like that yeah. is how you want to come back from an injury and how you want to leave your mark on a tournament Argentina yeah, just yeah. caught France out with little things like that. I don't think you necessarily expected Di Maria in that game, but he got so much joy on that left-hand side. And we talked about it when, I hate to bring it back to it, but when France were playing England, we talked about it before the game, the things you wanted to target were France's fullbacks because Koundé yeah. is not a fullback and Teo Hernandez is so attacking that you've got space behind him. Argentina exploited that 
mainly mm. through Di Maria, who just hugged the touchline, cut inside at, at will, and just looked for those moments where he could isolate just himself against one of the defending players. That worked yeah. for the first goal, where he got brought down by Dembele. It was cheap, but you knew what he was yeah, going to do. Yeah. You knew what he was trying to do, and it worked incredibly well. And for his goal, he took his goal incredibly well, and it was really, really deserved. It was nice to see how emotional he was about that that game as a whole as well. Like, it really it really meant something to him. It's his last appearance for Argentina, and he's mm. definitely had a hand in them winning the biggest trophy there is. So, yeah, it just seemed that Argentina were better organised. They... I don't want to say they were more up for it. They just looked more capable of being yeah. up for it in the first exchanges. And it took Deschamps being quite brave to bring them Definitely. back into the game. And, and Argentina didn't know what to do with that. Well, that's the thing. They raced into a 2-0 lead in, within like 35, 40 minutes, I think it was. Mm. And it was a sucker punch, really, because, I mean, France have been too pragmatic for this World Cup and they should have been caught out sooner. England definitely should have caught them out for, for sitting back too much and not taking the game to them um, and waiting for an opportunity. They couldn't do that with Argentina. Like you say, they were just relentless, weren't they? I'm stunned at how well uh, Di Maria played as a winger. He was literally hugging the touchline, wasn't he? And I think when he went off on about 60, 70 minutes, something like that, it really changed the flow and the energy mm. from Argentina and mm. almost gave a bit of impetus back to France in some ways. But yeah, France found a way back through those substitutions, really, wasn't it? The the energy that that brought back to that quite leggy France team was was really important in the turnaround, really, wasn't it? Yeah, and it's funny because that first 40 minutes, you wouldn't be, you'd be excused from thinking that that was the first group game because France just didn't look yeah. like they'd even started the tournament at that point. Players looked completely like they hadn't got any rhythm or any connection with each other. Griezmann, who's been running the entire tournament, gave the ball away really cheaply. So did Teo Hernandez. Every time Teo Hernandez touched the ball, it was like he wanted to give it to an Argentina player. Dembele yeah. was exactly the same. They couldn't get Mbappe into the game. The thing is, with a player like Mbappe, because he's so devastating going forward, he doesn't drop back and pick the ball up for himself. He wants to stand on the last defender. So if you yeah. don't get him service, you don't know he's in the game. And France really needed to change that. And Deschamps obviously did that. In the first half, 40 minutes in, making a double substitution, that could have been seen as one of two things. One, a panic, and if I don't do something, it's over, so I'm just going to throw my toys at the pram and blame Giroud and Dembele if we get battered and hook them now and make them look like the scapegoats. Or it could have been him actually going, look, I've been here before, I know what I need to do to get this right, and I think the second part of that proved to be right in the end, because those first two changes were amazing. That worked really, really well for him. Gave him that intensity, gave him that press that Argentina had. But for me, the biggest change and the one that... Well, there was two, obviously, and they came on at the same time. The second set of changes, when he brings on Kingsley Coman and Kamavinga, yeah. that sorted them out. And it's so funny. My wife probably thinks Kamavinga is my favourite footballer in the world because <laughs> the entire game, I was just screaming for him. It was so obvious. Get Kamavinga on the pitch because Rabio looked like he had no legs. Griezmann looked like he had no legs. They needed yeah. energy in the middle of the park. And actually, they ended up bringing him on mainly as some sort of left-back, like a free-roaming left-back. I think so. He covered left-back defensively, but brought that energy into the middle and that youthful, exciting kind of flair that France really needed at that moment. I can't believe how young he is. He, he looked yeah. so assured. And then between him and Komen, they dragged France back into that game. And that was... That was no mean feat, trust me. 
Well, no, because I mean, trying to sum up how I was feeling at 2-0, it felt like literally a, a cakewalk from here on in for Argentina. Yeah. I know that's never a given considering the, the occasion, but Mbappe was so far out of the game. I couldn't, mm. I didn't hear his name mentioned for a long, long time. And it was only like you say, when the substitutes came on for France before half time, where there was enough energy in that final third to bring him back into the game. And that was the game plan, really. Giroud wasn't really in the game at all. Mm. Griezmann couldn't get the ball, I don't think. The midfield was just being controlled so well. And I think Argentina really stood out there for me. The whole yeah. middle of the park was impressive. Alexis McAllister was great. Um, just every single one of that midfield three for Argentina dominated possession. Yeah. And like you say, it needed to even up the numbers of it. So when Argentina did that, the flow just changed back in, in their favour. And the first goal that France scored was a penalty that was a clear penalty as well. Mm. Like it was a clumsy challenge from Otamendi, wasn't it? Yeah. And he's had a good tournament up to now, but he struggled in this game once France decided to actually show up in the last 10 minutes of, of the 90. Mm. Um, and that penalty gave them a way back in and you could just sense the, the momentum changing from then on, couldn't you really? Yeah, definitely. And I think the biggest thing that shifted the momentum was not long before France got their goals, Kingsley Coman took a really bad knock and was limping around the pitch. And I honestly thought they were going to have to substitute him back off again. And the yeah. fact that they didn't have to do that, he was so pivotal to the rest of the match. And like you say, France just seemed to get everything in order. And that first goal, Argentina didn't see it coming. And all of a sudden they had no plan B. Because they'd already taken off, like you say, they'd taken Di Maria off. They'd brought on, essentially, another left-back to play left-wing. So they should have been more defensively assured. And actually, they just they looked like they'd fallen asleep a little bit. And France were there. Yeah. And that's the problem. When you've got a team of that kind of quality, they will capitalise on those moments. And Mbappe, in particular, my word, his second goal, the way he wow, takes yeah. that is phenomenal. But here we are, talking all about what France did and what France did right and what they did wrong. They lost! Argentina won and actually deservedly would, but this game was so exciting. It's hard. To, we've not even talked about the Argentina goals, really, because no. it's so easy to go back and forth over it because it was that exciting. Well, well, we'll talk about extra time in a moment, but the 90 or 95 or whatever ended up being was so action packed in that final 10, 15 minutes that it was just breathtaking, wasn't it? Because everybody was thinking there's 10 minutes for Argentina to hold out. Destiny awaits Leo Messi. He's the greatest player of all time. And all these things kind of been thought about. I reckon even the Argentina players got slightly swept up in that moment as well. Mm. So yeah, sucker punch it definitely was to get that penalty, first of all. But then the equaliser was just the wind out of the sails completely for Argentina. I've never seen a team so grateful for the full-time whistle <laughs> as Argentina were yesterday. It, it was just the desperate kind of let's get over the line because France were... They were purring, weren't they? They finally sprung into life. Yeah. And from a, a neutral standpoint, I'm sure both sets of fans for each team were, were absolutely hating the way this was playing out. But for us, it was just amazing <laughs> to watch, wasn't it? Argentina's goals then. Let's go back to the first half. Yeah. So the penalty for Messi, first of all, was clear. But you, if we talk about the Di Maria goal and the build-up to it and the, the counter that Argentina oh. were doing, it was beautiful, wasn't it? Yeah, that was... To me, that might be my goal of the tournament. I just think it was yeah. so well executed. The little touch around the corner from Messi was fantastic. McAllister does so well to bring the ball forward and plays the pass to Di Maria absolutely perfectly. And if you remember, not long before that, Di Maria had a chance that he blazed over the bar because it bobbled up towards him. Yeah. And it was almost like he had a second chance and he knew exactly how to place it. He actually bounced the ball into the ground and over Larice, which was just, it was a beautiful finish. And... 
Di Maria really deserves that. Di Maria is someone who's always been someone who can show up in a final. We've seen him do it for Real Madrid time and time again. And to finish his international career with that goal is, is just massive for him. Yeah, And it's it's funny how little we've really mentioned Messi so far, because in that first 20, 25 minutes in particular, you could see he was he was ready to turn up in that match. The penalty, for example, that's the one thing you could maybe criticise Messi for in his career. I think going into the World yeah. Cup, I think he'd missed like 28% of his penalties or something ridiculous, which is a very high figure for a player of his quality. And he took yeah. that penalty with the calmness of a madman to me, because if you're able <laughs> to be that calm in that kind of pressurised situation, there's something wrong with you. I think Lloris yeah. might have made it slightly easy for him because it, with both of Messi's penalties, this one and the one in the shootout, Lloris telegraphed which way he was going to dive and just allowed Messi to roll it to the other side. But takes some courage to stand up the goalkeeper and do that, doesn't it? And he, yeah, it's oh, just yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, going into extra time as well. It was at that point, I didn't know which way the game was going to go because the momentum had swung to France. Mm. Um, Argentina got the respite they desperately needed yeah. by the final whistle blowing and kind of gathered themselves a little bit. And uh, you can imagine what was said in the circle when they were gathering again to kind of galvanise themselves for extra time. Messi must have been like, come on, this is now or never. Mm. Di Maria must have been thinking the same. Di Maria was on the bench in tears for most of extra yeah. time, wasn't he? Just on the edge of his seat, as we all were. But extra time was just something else, wasn't it? Like, just when you thought it couldn't get any more extraordinary, that goal from Messi that was allowed by VAR because um, I think Varane's bum kept him onside <laughs> when the so ball was funny. played. Just because he had such a big backside, it was onside. Um, <laughs> and then it crossed the line as well from the deflection and um, everyone went mental. And they, even then you're thinking, that's got to be it. There can't be any more. But no, another penalty for a handball. Mbappe steps up for his his second penalty uh, of the game and then obviously went on to take one in the shootout. Absolute ice in the man's veins. I don't know how he put that penalty away in the same place as well with what looked like no fear at all. Incredible. Yeah, it was was brilliant extra time. Before the game, I mean, you can go back and look at our last pod to see this. Dave and I talked about what we thought and I said, I reckon two all and then France will take it in extra time. And then going into extra time, Argentina started throwing punches and I thought, oh, I think I'm going to miss this on the last <laughs> hurdle. And they were, they were brilliant. And I think it came down to eventually they managed to make some substitutions because I, just, I was really surprised. It was very Southgate-esque how long it took Argentina to realise they needed to get a foothold in the game again and change things up. Because the intensity that the midfield and the forward line brought in the first half, I think it knackered them by the end. And obviously yeah. the morale dropped as well because you'd seen it with the Netherlands when they were tuning up against the Netherlands and they they let that one come back as well. There was shades of that happening again and it being a real problem yeah. for them. And then some fresh legs made all the difference. I don't know why Dybala doesn't come on sooner. Obviously they bring mm. on Lataro Martinez who actually, his finishing was woeful, but yeah. played very, very well and actually was a, a nuisance to the France, what was left of the France defence by that point. And, he got in and, the right positions, didn't yeah. he? But like you say, it was just finishing for him. But it was enough because it led to the goal. His work led to the goal and he was really, really pivotal in, in Messi's second goal. So I think he can he can still hold his head up high with what he did in the final. Probably should have won it for him, but hey-ho. And it, once they did that and made those changes, yeah. then they looked a lot more comfortable in extra time. And it was just back and forth, back and forth. But the biggest moment in extra time 
has to have come from Emmy Martinez. That save, oh, yeah. right at the death in yeah. the biggest game of his career. Bear in mind the career he's had, where it's only been the yeah. last couple of seasons where he's been at the top end of football, really. And now all of a sudden, he's won the Copa America for Argentina. He's helped them get over the line in a World Cup in a massive way as well. Not in a passive way where you see, no. like, sometimes you can question how good is Edison for Man City, for example, because how much does he really have to do? Martinez did a lot for Argentina in both of the yeah. tournaments that they've won now. And that save, right at the death, that has to go down as one of the greatest moments for any goalkeeper in World, world history, class. Surely. Yeah. Well, not only just world class, but the timing of it, the psychological impact that had on the game for him, because obviously he went into that shootout then feeling like an absolute beast. And he's great. <laughs> he he is great does. at shootouts anyway, yeah. yeah. But that psycho psychological edge from the save must have made him feel like invincible. Um, and then into the shootout itself, I felt so bad that both Mbappe and Messi were taking the first penalties because if they either of them missed, you'd have felt horrendous because mm -hmm. they deserved to score. And again, ice in Mbappe's veins. What about Messi's penalty to open it? Rolls it down the middle, doesn't even put much power behind it and just goes, yeah, yeah, and what? So that yeah. was incredible, first of all. Um, but then the misses for France mm. really... They're heartbreaking, really, because we've seen that happen to our bright talents. And it reminded me a lot of Bakayo Saka, didn't it, for yeah. you, last year, with Chouamani's miss. Um, he'll bounce back, though, surely, because he's had a great tournament as well. Yeah, he really has. And his goal against England was was a massive moment for him. So hopefully he'll be able to hold on to that and think about this won't be his last World Cup for France by any means. He, no. He'll be pivotal to that midfield come the next tournament as well, because obviously they are going to have to move on from Pogba and Kante. And they showed it in this tournament how effectively they can do that. I mean, Griezmann's not going to be at the next World Cup, you'd imagine, as well. So mm. that midfield looks like it's in safe hands with Chouamani and Kamavinga. So, yeah. yeah, hopefully they can bounce back from that moment. Already, sadly, there's been instances of, of abuse online and I think too many and mm -hmm. one other I think it might be Coleman have deleted their it's Instagram Coleman, accounts yeah. which is so sad to see and yeah. when you think about the representation of that France team as well there Lloris was the only person on the pitch by the end of the game who was white and that team have that diversity have carried them through a, a tournament where they've won the World Cup have then got them that close as well. And I hate that it's even a thought. Again, it's not just England fans. It's within yeah. football that this horrible notion of not celebrating your country's diversity, but blaming it, which is just, just ludicrous. Just yeah. Particularly when you consider like how wonderful they've been in that tournament. To give them any sort of stick, even on a footballing level, would be ridiculous. And to bring it back yeah. to that is always is so sad to see. And sad for anyone to miss a penalty in that pivotal moment. The only solace that they'll take is obviously they were world champions four years ago and a lot of those players have the trophy to their yeah. name. And there did seem a mutual respect in this game, a lot more than we've seen with Argentina and the Dutch, for example. There did seem to be quite an understanding of whoever wins this, wins this. There was a lot more grace about the final, other than maybe yeah, yeah. Emi Martinez's antics. But <laughs> you, you've got to love them, surely. He was, he was magnificent at the shootout, wasn't it? To be honest, the way he played and the way that result came about and the influence he had, I don't blame him because <laughs> I'd be over the moon as well. And in the moment, especially when he receives the, the golden glove for best goalkeeper of the tournament. <laughs> that was brilliant. 
the reactions that got as well from the Qataris watching on, um, he didn't care though, did he? He was absolutely in dreamland and rightly so. But I wasn't sure whether he'd get goalkeeper of the tournament before the final. But that performance, there's no other candidate really. Livakovic obviously had a great tournament. Loris himself did as well. But mm. Martinez is just probably one of the best five goalkeepers in the world quite comfortably now, isn't he? Yeah, I'll put him top three. I think behind the two really? Brazilian goalkeepers, I don't think there's a goalkeeper better than Emi Martinez right now. There's no one I would rather have at my club. I just hope he stays there for a while. I know. Because honestly, he's he's just proven time and time again what he's capable of. And yeah. I hope that rather than him having to go elsewhere to find club trophies now, Villa invest enough around him and make him that kind of focal point. He's captain now. He's won yeah. the two biggest trophies an Argentinian could possibly win, really. So I hope that he's just willing to give that time to the club that gave him the platform now. It's, yeah. he's, he's phenomenal. I mean, I, I think he was the best goalkeeper at the tournament, but you do see this very often where the awards have to be given to players that were in the final because then they're yeah. there for the celebrations and the photos. Like Enzo Fernandez, for example, great tournament. I've got him in my team in the tournament. I think he's fantastic. Do I think he was the best young player at this tournament or do I think he was the best one available for the photo opportunity at the end? Ooh, I don't know. Yeah, it's tight. It, but... He was great though. He was. That's not a criticism of him. <laughs> then you've got strange um, photo ops, like obviously Mbappe had to come and get his golden oh. boot, which is always really awkward. And I think yeah. Messi did it in 2014 when he got player yeah, of the tournament, did. but they lost to... Um, Germany, Germany, yeah, Germany, yeah <laughs> nearly, nearly forgot. But um, yeah, incredible performance from Fernandez. I think he does deserve his platform now, and he's one of the standout breakout stars of this tournament, isn't he? So fair play to him. But let's just have a word on on Lionel Messi, if we can, because like you say, we've not really talked about him as, as much as we could have done and should have done so far. But his influence on this tournament for Argentina is Maradona esque. This was was hinging on his galvanizing the team and his quality when it really needed to be shown because Argentina weren't great up until maybe the quarterfinals. You know, they had a tough group stage, just a tough start to the group stage, mm. as we know, losing to Saudi Arabia, let's not forget. Mm. So this is Messi's tournament. He scored in mm. every single round, including Thank the group you. stage, the first player to do so. And before this tournament, he hadn't scored a knockout goal in a World Cup either. So this was his moment and he seized it with both hands and he deserves to lift that trophy. And I think for most fans, the vast majority of fans around the world, unless you're French, watch Messi lifting that trophy and just think, this is like the perfect story. He's completed football. Yeah, it felt like that, didn't it? And do you know mm. what? Off the back of a lot of incredible performances, I think if yeah. you think about the, the semi-final in particular, he was just, he was marvellous in that game. I actually thought he was better in that game than he was in the final, not to criticise what he did in the final, but there was a period, like we say, after Argentina went 2-0 up, you kind of forgot he was on the pitch until he gets yeah. his, his second goal in extra time. And that's what that's okay, because in, in a final, that's what the big players are there for, moments. Mbappe was the same. You forgot Mbappe yeah. was on the pitch until his moments. And that's what they're capable of. And he, he carried them over the line. That's not to say that the rest of Argentina's team weren't contributing massively, because actually... They also seemed to carry him too. And that was a really cohesive unit. They really wanted it yeah. for the country. For, but particularly for Messi, it did feel like they were winning it for him rather than them, themselves. A lot of those Definitely. players will come again. Uh, Julian Alvarez, that's not the last we've seen of him at the World Cup. But it is the last we'll see of Messi. So it, it was really that kind of, can we take this opportunity to cement the legacy of someone who has done so much for football there was this yeah. beautiful moment before the game where this argentinian journalist said to him no matter what the result of the final is 
what you have done for Argentina, for us back home and the kids who have grown up watching you, the inspiration you've been, that's the prize. That's the trophy you've helped them win. And I just thought that was such a wonderful way of putting it. And to crown it off with this final victory, it's, yeah, it's, it's magic for him. Absolutely amazing yeah. moment and thoroughly deserved. I mean, you know, he wound me up a little bit in the quarterfinals, <laughs> but <laughs> what, what can you say? He's a phenomenal, phenomenal footballer. And yeah. yeah. A crowning glory for a fantastic career. I mean, it, there are rumours it might not be his final Argentina game, but yeah. I think he can't top this. So why would you continue? Well, I really do hope he preserves this legacy now by going, I've done all I can. Let's keep it like it is. He says, he, he, says he wants to play as the world champion. And I, I do... I. I think I understand that because I imagine what he means by that is he wants to go back and play football in Argentina for his country in front right. of his fans. And I think that makes a lot of sense, actually. If it comes to Copa America qualification, he can have a home game in front of his fans with the world champions. Yeah, that would be a very oh, special, wow. special thing. They'll have a massive parade back in Buenos Aires, surely. I mean, oh, do you need to play yesterday. another game after that? Yeah. yeah, it was insane, wasn't it? So he will get the hero's welcome he, he craves, and rightly so. I don't think he needs another game or however many games to, to prove anything to anyone. He's done it now. He's completed football, like I said. And mm. I think this legacy he leaves for for fans across generations, because, I mean, we watched him a lot younger than we are now. My kids are only young, and they've just watched him and just gone, wow, this guy is incredible. Mm. At 35 years old, he's producing not just performances like that one, but a mm. tournament like that. So... He stands for so much, I think, that's good about football. So it's just nice to see that kind of courage, that kind of heroism, that loyalty, that natural talent, because mm. he's such a gifted guy, rewarded in this way. And yeah, seeing him lift the trophy, we'd envisaged it, hadn't we, so many times because he's won every other trophy there is to possibly win. So yeah, fair play to him. It's a lovely story and um, nice way to go out. Yeah, we did envisage it, but there were moments in this tournament where it looked like it was going to end horribly. Like you mentioned yeah. earlier, when they lost that first group game, they were they were one result away from getting knocked out. Like every single game, I think I sort of really nicely put that every single game for Argentina has been a knockout game since the first game, really. So it's so. it's it's been easier for them to build their momentum. It felt like, and they really grew into the tournament. It seemed like yeah. every performance was their best one since the last one. Like they improved every single every single round. And you hear that very often, that the team that best grows into a tournament is often the one that, that wins it rather than the team that starts the best. And they really embodied that here. And he was a massive part of that. It looked yeah. like he got a wake-up call in that Saudi Arabia game, which was just ready to try and carry them through wherever possible. And the changes yeah. that Argentina made to accommodate that, particularly bringing in Julian Alvarez, I thought that that won them the tournament, really. It's such a shame because I love Lautaro Martinez, but he's had a shocking tournament, really. I'm glad he had his moment in the penalty shootout against the Netherlands. He took the winning penalty, and, and yeah. I hope that's, again, the moment he takes from it. But all in all, Julian Alvarez is stuck. Messi must be happy leaving it in his hands because he just looked fantastic, didn't he? Yeah, he did, yeah. And it's, 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 it's insane to think that he might be a sub for Manchester City from here on in, yeah. but those kind of performances, he has to play a more pivotal role. He's had a good start to his, his mm. career at Man City, to be fair, yeah. in, in his kind of role from the sidelines and as a substitute. But yeah, he's, he's definitely one to watch. However, I think between the two teams we've just seen, Argentina and France, it very much felt like now or never for Argentina in some ways. They had to win it now mm -hmm. with this cycle of players and with Messi and kind of his 
the end of his career. Mm. Whereas with France, you do feel like they've got plenty more shots at yeah. success like this, don't you? So as, as gutted as they'll be, I think Argentina would have been more gutted in defeat because where do they go after this? They've not got any megastars, I don't think, Argentina necessarily. Whereas France, as you pointed mm. out, their home field looks ready to take on the, the mantle left behind by the likes of Pogba, who we don't know is going to reach his best again. Um, Rabio wasn't really top class, was he? Um, Kante might not get a look in again, but mm. Chouamani looks fantastic, doesn't he? Really, really positive step for them. Amongst others, there are so many yeah. young names in that France team. That's across the whole pitch as well. Like, if you look at that France side that's just played that game, there are a few names that we won't see at World Cups again. You imagine we won't see Lloris again, but they've got True. Mike Magnon at, at AC Milan, who when he's fit, he'll be France's number one now. And I think he's 27. So next World Cup, he's going to be at the peak of his powers, you would imagine. Teo Hernandez is young. Upamecano still young. You might not see Varane at the next World Cup, but the way that Canate came in, he looked absolutely fantastic, didn't he? So yeah, that's he that problem solved. If Jules Kunde continues at right back, he's going to play there for years and years. Yeah. Fafana in midfield alongside Kamavinga and Chouameni. Amazing. Young players. And Mbappe, of course, 23 years old. Mad. 12 World Cup goals now. So he's, what is that? Four behind Miroslav Klose for the record. At 23. He's 23. Yeah. And conceivably, he'll play the next World Cup 27 the one after that 31 with his talent will he play the one where he's 35 so he could, he could have three more world cups yeah like that that's that's just phenomenal a hat trick in the final he's already lifted the trophy once and he was the young player of the tournament for that one as well he's golden boot here you could have argued he was the player of the tournament in this world cup too if, it if france had won winning it yeah, yeah that's it it's amazing and that's just some of france's squad as well mm. there are plenty of players missing like if you think about who's yeah. missed this tournament through injury, Kimpembe, Nkunku, Benzema, it's Kante, Pogba. It's mental. They're... I was thinking about this a lot, and I hate to, again, just keep bringing it back to England, but when you look back over the last couple of Premier League seasons, Liverpool, you could say, are one of the best Premier League sides we've had in Premier League history, but only have one Premier League title because they happen yeah. to have come at the same time as Pep Guardiola's Man City. And it's just so unfortunate. Yeah. We could find that with England. That England have this amazing generation where it feels like England really should win a trophy. Really, But they just come at the same time as this amazing French generation. And it's just going to be hard to, hard to top that, really. Well, you say that. And Brazil as well have got a very young generation of players as well. So it yeah. might be quite a tussle in the next few World Cups, really, to yeah. uh, to see who comes out on top. And Argentina. Yeah, interesting. Argentina have got some great players still coming through as well. Like we, we talked about Enzo Fernandez. He's very, very young. I think, what is he, 20, 22? They've also got Lissandra Martinez to come in and replace Otamendi. Romero's not old by any stretch of the imagination. He'll be at the next World Cup. They've got players that will stick around. So it'd be yeah. Lautaro Martinez up front, like, he will come good. And he's still only, I think, 24. Obviously, Julian Alvarez. There's some great yeah. talent around. And it seems quite well distributed all of a sudden. Like, even nations like Norway have got a couple of, like, world-class footballers. Yeah, yeah. It'll be really interesting to see what the next couple of World Cups look like, where we don't have, like we had with Spain, this, this era of dominance anymore, because there is teams that can compete. I'm excited by that. Yeah. It's been an incredible tournament from a football perspective, albeit yeah. being super strange, being the timing of, of, of the year it's in, um, and being in Qatar as well will never not be weird. Um, and I think... The way in the trophy presentation, they almost tried to commandeer the trophy lift mm. was a bit odd. 
Uh, there's been a lot said about that, but um, I think we'll probably have to do a whole other pod about this World Cup from a Qatar perspective and, and you know, how we feel about it now it's been and gone. But from a purely football perspective, I've loved it. We need to, I think we definitely need to digest it in more detail yeah. after the fact and, and look back at some of the highlights. But for you and for this game, best World Cup final ever? It's definitely the best World Cup final I've watched. I mean, I'm only 28, so <laughs> there's only so many I can comment on. But yeah, for me, that there's nothing that stands out. And as a tournament, I think it was fantastic. There, yeah. there are obvious issues around its location. And, and like you say, it's, it's worth us talking about that in a bit more detail. But for, for all it's worth, by everyone's account, the tournament has run incredibly smoothly, considering the size of the country. Yeah. That was always considered to be an issue. They've dealt with that very well. Everyone's accounts are that the Qatari people were wonderful and very hospitable and, and inviting, which is really nice to see. There's obviously a lot that goes with that. And I think it's important that you separate the two things, the issues with how Qatar is ruled and how uh, the rights of people there are affected and the everyday citizens of Qatar and the Middle Eastern world who will have just really appreciated having their opportunity to have a tournament. Because when you see the fans of of those nations and Morocco and what it means to them. Yeah, yeah. That is a phenomenal thing. The sad part of it is when that's used to almost cover up and hide a lot of problems that, that exist. And having yeah. Messi, having Messi lifting the trophy in the, in those terms is obviously divided a lot of opinion. It's, uh, I don't know. But for the football yeah. of it, for the football of it, outstanding. Yeah, and as a, as a whole tournament, I think the standard of football has been excellent. And it has. we had everything we could have wanted. Dark horses, yeah. big teams getting knocked out, Messi's journey, and Bappe continuing to compete. England, I thought, were excellent. It's it's as good yeah. a World Cup as I can remember. Yeah, it's a nice way to, to end the pod, actually, because next time we talk, it will be on the back of some Carabao Cup games <laughs> and uh, a scrappy boxing day, uh, boxing day slog in the Premier League. So, yeah, back down to reality with a crash. Um, but yeah, we'll definitely backtrack, I think, and talk about this World Cup in some more detail. Probably highlight our, our mark highlights of the tournament itself and mark kind of things that really stood out for us. Until then, mate, thank you for sharing this amazing World Cup with us. I wish yeah. Dave was here as well because it's been great to hear your take on it. Um, looking forward to the Premier League? I am, actually. It will be nice to have Villa back. Obviously, we we went out just as we got a new manager in, the January transfer windows come in, so it feels quite an exciting time for the Premier League. But it will take me some time to get my head around club football being back, to be honest. It's a weird... Definitely. We've never had this, and I'm, I'm really interested to see what the standard of football will be like, how knackered everyone yeah. will be. Well, it'd be a mix. There'd be a few players that haven't played at all. So you can obviously imagine Haaland's waiting in the wings, relishing his oh, comeback. Please tell me you saw the video that they put I out did. of him. That was excellent. That's what I'm that referring really, to. really, really yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, it was good on City's part to kind of put something like that out there. It's a bit yeah. of light relief. But um, to all our new subscribers who have joined us since the World Cup has started, welcome and thank you so much for joining us on our journey. I uh, hope to see you again in future pods that are going to be a lot more Premier League focused. Um, please do leave comments if you want to get your sort of comments and opinions out there as well. We'd love to hear from you all. But yeah, World Cup's over. It's been fantastic. Thank you so much. And thanks, Miles. See you soon. Thanks, Mike. Cheers. Cheers, guys.